Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. I'm known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the successalchemist.net and the web alchemist.net. I'm still on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw the Success Alchemist, and on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. Today is the 30th of January 2021. And the title of today's show is Theatre of the Absurd Continues, Markets Are Rigged, Trump Says He's Not Finished Yet. So we've had an interesting week. I have to say it's not as kind of (laughs) mind-blowing in some respects as previous weeks, but there have been some interesting developments that I'm going to share with you today. Um, I'll just quickly run down the uh, key points that I consider important this week and then I'll delve into these a little bit deeper. Um, So when I say Trump says he's not finished yet, this is a video that's been shared of uh, Trump on the golf course and there's a a guy, don't know who he is, who says to Trump, um, Mr. President, thank you for your service. And Trump's response is, I'm not finished yet or we're not finished yet. So that's uh, gained quite a lot of uh, interest and attention. So then we have, of course, um, all of Biden's executive orders. We're now, as far as I've gathered, up to 42 executive orders since he was inaugurated. And that is an absolute record. I think the biggest number um, from previous presidents in a comparable timescale is eight. And I think that might have been Biden, but don't quote me on that. So we've got that happening and and plenty of uh, videos of Biden sitting in what could be the Oval Office. In many cases, it doesn't look like the Oval Office because it's not the right desk and so on sitting there with this pile of executive orders and people are remarking that he doesn't seem to know what he's signing. And I think there was a uh, a comment that was caught on video where he was saying, you know, what's this or something like that. But it seems like he's just being staged to sit there at this desk signing these executive orders And uh, to actually quote him, he said, you can't legislate by executive orders unless you're a dictator. So I'm going to be going more into that in a few minutes. Um, We've got uh, McConnell criticising Biden's energy policy. Um, This is an interesting one, of course, Mitch McConnell, who was telling the Republicans not to oppose the certification of the Electoral College votes. Well, maybe he's having remorse about that as well now that Biden is supposedly in power. Um, I think that, again, is we're still going to see thing interesting things unfolding on that score. But uh, now that he's got Biden in place, he's not liking the outcome. And that's the same for a, a lot of people. Um, more on that again late, later. Absurdity around this COVID-19 thing. The Chinese are now saying that um, you should do an anal swab test which is ridiculous given that it's a respiratory condition. So (laughs) it makes me laugh about how much of this is being put out just to show how absolutely absurd everything is. Interestingly as well that um, I think it's either the CDC or the WHO that have um, said that the number of cycles in the PCR test is too high and giving too many false positives. They've been saying that for a long time and now it's very convenient to change that now that Trump is out of office. And also it's been announced that, oh, well, actually, uh, hydroxychloroquine is, you know, quite effective at treating COVID-19. So that's another complete change of position and actually could lead to some interesting legal backlash because all of these... um, 
governors and um, organizations that were blocking the prescriptions for hydroxychloroquine and, and stopping doctors from prescribing it could now be held responsible for deaths due to people not having access to this particular medica medication. Um, let me see. We've still got this question about watching a movie. I'm convinced we are. You know, I'm still seeing a lot of comedy of errors, as I call it. Um, somebody shared a photo of Biden exiting a plane, which was not Air Force One. And there were no Marines or military present, just two guys next, each side of the the steps, the aeroplane steps, in completely casual clothes. Um, then we have the GameStop scenario, which I'm going to go into in quite a bit of depth. And the, the most ridiculous thing, I think, is that BLM have now been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. You just can't make this stuff up. And I guess the next thing will be Antifa will be added to the uh, Nobel Peace Prize nominations. So let's start with looking at these executive orders that Biden's been signing. And it seems to be that there's a major move to basically reverse everything that the Trump administration put in place, uh, many of which, as X-22 report said, are actually very hurtful to the American people. Um, so let's just work down the list because Epoch Times has put together an infographic which is... Um, showing the actions taken by Biden and his administration following his January 20th inauguration. It's, it's titled The First Week in Office. This is the 20th through the 26th, and I think there have been more since then. As I said, the total has now got up to apparently 42, although on, fe on the Federal Register it's only showing 24, but I think there's a lag between the signing and the actual um, register showing those. So here we go. We've got executive actions related to the CCP virus, the Chinese Communist Party virus. Um, we're actually not allowed to call it the China virus. I think that was one of his executive orders. Um, President Biden signed a slew of actions. One order created a directorate of the National Security Council dedicated to global health, security and biodefense. Another directed the creation of a CCP virus testing board tasked with ramping up the volume of tests nationwide. He also signed an executive order calling for the enforcement of more stringent worker protection standards for essential workers. A separate order directed the creation of a COVID equity task force, which Biden tasked with addressing vaccine hesitancy and battling disinformation. Uh, the next one is the Keystone XL pipeline permit revoked. And of course, that has impacted uh, more than a thousand jobs, which will be eliminated in the coming weeks. Biden on January 20th, signed an executive order for the United States to rejoin the 2015 Paris Agreement. So the, we're obviously seeing the Green New Deal being implemented here or attempting to be implemented. Uh, $4 billion promised to Central America, according to the Mexican president. That was for development to Guatemala, Honduras and El Salvador to stem migration from Central America to Mexico. Removals for certain non-citizens paused for 100 days. Remain in Mexico policy discontinued. Designation of Houthis, H-O-U-T-H-I-S, as terrorists re-examined. Not familiar with that uh, group. Um, apparently... This designation was made late in President Trump's term. The State Department has initiated a review of Ansarallah's terrorist designations. 
uh, Biden trajectory of pandemic in coming months can't be changed. This is this is not actually executive order, of course. This is just something that Biden happened to say because it's interesting. He was criticizing Trump's plan or accusing him of not having a plan to combat the COVID-19 scandemic. Um, and now he's saying that we can't do anything about it. So, so much for him having a master plan to address it. Uh, federal abortion law to be, deco- be codified, and this is to do with the Roe versus Wade um, Act, I think it was, um, to prevent this to be o- prevent this from becoming overturned. Uh, new oil and natural gas leases pause for sixty days. Uh, travel from Europe, Brazil, South Africa banned over pandemic. Interesting that he should ban uh, travel from those places. And yet there's another one. Anti-terrorism travel ban revoked. He rescinded Trump's travel ban on nations with individuals posing as terrorist threats to the United States. So a little bit contradictory there. But then what do you expect? Um whole of government equity agenda adopted and we've seen something of this about equity rather than equality in that it's not about equality of opportunity it's saying everybody should have the same benefit same income same everything part of this whole deep state agenda border wall construction stopped of course they want all these illegal immigrants coming in um states are not happy with that and i'm going to cover that in a little while. Uh, deferred enforced departure for Liberians is reinstated. DACA preserved and fortified. It directs the Departments of Homeland Security and Justice to preserve and fortify the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, which shields some illegal immigrants from deportation and helps them with papers that can enable them to get jobs and carry out other societal functions and of course he's also talking about i think that's probably um further down but talking about giving amnesty to all these illegal immigrants and putting them on a fast track to citizenship anyway let's carry on with this masks on domestic transportation tests for international travelers required 15 dollars minimum wage promoted for federal employees Ban on transgender military service lifted. DNI tasked with assessing domestic extremism. So I think that's targeted at the so-called white supremacists, QAnon followers, right-wing people, including Trump's voters. Uh, I think there's going to be, or potentially, uh, something like a witch hunt going on. Uh, Census Bureau required to include illegal immigrants in apportionment. That's uh, interesting. Executive order on climate crisis signed. And I did see an interesting article um, earlier today, basically saying that everything is going to be pushed under the banner of the climate crisis so that they control um, the work that you do, Obviously, that's including from, you know, taking jobs away from people in the oil and gas industry. And I think the response was, and this was John Kerry, I think, or Al Gore saying, you know, you can go and make solar panels. It's a bit like what, (laughs) what was it? Bloomberg saying or one of the potential nominees for the Democrat Party candidate was saying you just go and learn to code in other words you know you can't do your choice of career you have to go and do what we say is acceptable so it's really an attack on everything what you can eat um how you can travel etc etc and it's just all part of this new world order attempt to control everything that people do moratoriums on evictions and foreclosures extended 
executive order against sex discrimination signed and that of course includes transgender people we've had that one of the first executive orders was allowing um people men who who identified as women to compete in women's sports and use women's locker rooms and so on um absolutely crazy Action on modernising regulatory process signed uh, states it seeks to improve and modernise regulatory review. The review should promote, among other things, social welfare, racial justice, environmental stewardship. It should serve as a tool to affirmatively promote regulations that advance these values. Uh, Executive order tightening federal procurement rules signed. Well, that's not too bad because it's supposedly supporting US businesses but bear in mind that many US businesses are now owned in part or completely by by the Chinese freeze on new regulations ordered and that was basically to review some of the measures that Trump introduced before he left office Uh, anti-terrorism travel ban revoked as I've mentioned masks mandated in federal buildings on federal land that again was an early one immediately violated by Biden incidentally when he went to the Lincoln Memorial in Washington Uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said this was because he was celebrating Um, just as an aside there's a lot of mockery of Jen Psaki compared with Kayleigh McKinney, because somebody put together a compilation of uh, clips from the press briefings that she's been given. And, you know, all these questions that she's being asked, well, I'll have to circle back to you on that. I'll have to circle back to you on that. And there was one where she thought she had an answer and she's rifling through this notebook and ends up not finding the answer that she wants and uh, I think her latest one was um, get some sleep this weekend and I'll get back to you next week so that you know this is so funny this is why I'm convinced it's a complete setup we'll have to see Trump executive order to lower insulin a epinephrine prices suspended so another bash to uh, people on that one allowing the pharmaceutical companies to charge what the hell they like trump immigration enforcement order revoked um biden signed an executive order to reverse trump's immigration enforcement order and reset the policies and practices to align enforcement with the biden administration's values and priorities Part of the new order involves revoking Trump's executive order 13768 signed in 2017, which withheld federal funding from so-called sanctuary cities that did not cooperate with federal immigration authorities. Uh, Trump deregulation, executive orders revoked, all the things that helped small businesses and businesses to expand. White House COVID-19 coordinator position created. The position will be filled by former Obama administration official and transition co-chair Jeff Zients. In the Trump administration, Vice President Mike Pence played the same role. The COVID-19 response coordinator shall report directly to the president, the order states. Executive order on equity signed directing the federal government to pursue a comprehensive approach to advancing equity for all, to assist agencies in assessing equity with respect to race, ethnicity, religion, income, geography, gender identity, sexual orientation and disability. Note it's equity, not equality. There's a big difference. Mexico City policy to be revoked. Um... Trump, sorry, President Joe Biden will roll back a Trump administration policy that bans taxpayer dollars from going to foreign NGOs that perform or actively promote abortion. FBI Director Christopher Wray retained. Now, this is an interesting one because there's been some um, some people suggesting that 
Ray is a sleeper. And I think there was a Q post oh, quite some time ago that said included the statement trust Ray. And it may be that Ray has been acting as if he's a deep state player, but actually he's a sleeper that is on the Trump side. Now, I can't guarantee that, but the question is, when Ray was opposing things that Trump was, wanted uh, declassified and so on and action to be taken... Um, why did Trump not just fire him as he had with others? So it may be that this causes Ray to remain in in his position in the temporary Biden administration, perhaps to do some strategic moves, shall we say. So that's the uh, the end of that infographic. Thing is, Biden is not getting his own way. Um, here's an article again by Epoch Times. Federal judge temporarily blocks Biden deportation freeze after Texas challenge. A federal judge in Texas temporarily blocked an executive order issued by President Joe Biden to halt the deportation of certain immigrants for 100 days. U.S. District Judge Drew Tipton, an appointee of former President Donald Trump, issued a temporary restraining order on January 26th, blocking Biden's policy nationwide for 14 days after Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton challenged it in court. The order is a setback to the, to the Biden administration, which has proposed far-reaching changes, including a plan to legalise about 11 million undocumented immigrants living in the United States illegally. Last week, the administration also issued an order that halts all US-Mexico border wall construction. Another loss of jobs, incidentally. During former President Donald Trump's four years in office, Democrats and immigration activists often filed lawsuits in an attempt to halt Trump's border wall construction, among other immigration provisions. With Paxton's lawsuit, it's likely that Republicans may do the same, especially with hundreds of judges appointed by Trump during his term in office. Paxton hailed the victory, saying on Twitter... Texas is the first state in the nation to bring a lawsuit against the Biden admin, and we won. Within six days of Biden's inauguration, Texas has halted his illegal deportation freeze. This was a seditious left-wing insurrection, the Republicans said, and my team and I stopped it. David Pekoski, acting Homeland Security Secretary issued a directive on January 20th directing authorities to focus on national security and public safety threats as well as anyone who was taken into custody after entering the US illegally after November the 1st. The Biden administration argued in court that Paxton's lawsuit is unenforceable because an outgoing administration cannot contract away that power for an incoming administration. Pekoski had said the deportation freeze would allow the DHS to ensure that its resources are dedicated to responding to the most pressing challenges that the United States faces. That includes the immediate operational challenges at the southwest border in the midst of the most serious global public health crisis in a century, he said. Interesting that, isn't it? So they want to allow people to stay and they want to allow new people to come in while claiming that we've got this public health crisis. <laughs> so uh, it just doesn't make sense. Anybody with any modicum of kind of intellectual ability or logic could figure that one out. Throughout this interim period, DHS will continue to enforce our immigration laws. But last week, Paxton, a Republican, said the DHS failed to consult with Texas before making its immigration policy changes, as is required per an agreement between Texas and the agency. Border states like Texas pay a particularly high price when the federal government fails to faithfully execute our country's immigration laws. Paxton said last week, adding that an attempted halt on almost all deportations would increase the cost to Texas caused by illegal immigration. 
Like Paxton, several former Trump DHS officials expressed alarm in recent days over Biden's orders to rescind some immigration rules. With the stroke of a pen, President Biden made this country less safe. Former U.S. Customs and Border Protection Commissioner Mark Morgan told Breitbart News on January 23rd. It's pure politics over public safety. Separately, a Democratic member of Congress confirmed that border wall construction along the U.S.-Mexico border was to be halted on January 26th per one of Biden's orders. And of course, we know there's this massive caravan that's been working its way up from, I think it's Honduras, um, in anticipation of Biden being in office and allowing all these Ill illegal immigrants to come into the country. Uh, there's actually a comment on this article Yes, way to go, Judge. You're doing the right thing. I live close to the border and Biden's decision terrified me and the safety of my family was jeopardised. Thank you, Judge. And I remember, you know, before the wall was built early on in the administration, Trump's administration, we were seeing all these reports of illegal immigrants coming into, you know, southern Texas, southern Arizona and intimidating homeowners, committing crimes. Um, of course, we're not seeing that, or we haven't been seeing that since Trump constructed the border wall. Then we have a Wall Street Journal article, Biden gets sued over recent executive order. The Biden administration has been slapped with a lawsuit claiming that it overreached when it announced a moratorium on oil and gas leasing on federal land. In an executive order he signed Wednesday, President Joe Biden declared that the Secretary of the Interior shall pause new oil and natural gas leases on public lands or in offshore waters pending completion of a comprehensive review and reconsideration of federal oil and gas permitting and leasing practices in light of the Secretary of the Interior's broad stewardship responsibilities over the public lands and in offshore waters, including potential climate and other impacts associated with oil and gas activities on public lands or in offshore waters. However, the Western Energy Alliance said that the open-ended language means that the pause is the equivalent of a ban on new leases. The alliance represents 200 energy sector companies. The type of programmatic environmental analysis regarding climate change that has been announced will take years to complete, likely lasting most, if not all, of the president's first term, it said in a news release. The lawsuit said the order should be blocked by the courts. On January 27, 2021, the Secretary of the Interior, acting at the president's direction, suspended indefinitely the federal oil and gas leasing programme. The suspension is an unsupported and unnecessary action that is inconsistent with the Secretary's statutory obligations. Because the suspension is both arbitrary and capricious and contrary to law, the court should find the suspension invalid and set aside the challenged government action. The lawsuit filed in the US District Court for the District of Wyoming said. Kathleen Sagama the president of the alliance said Biden is going beyond his authority. The law is clear. Presidents don't have authority to ban leasing on public lands. All Americans own the oil and natural gas beneath public lands and Congress has directed them to be responsibly developed on their behalf. Drying up new leasing puts future development as well as existing projects at risk. President Biden cannot simply ignore laws in effect for over half a century, she said. Biden's ban is an overreach meant to satisfy the environmental left, but it would seriously harm the livelihoods of tens of thousands of Westerners and put at risk millions more as state services become unfunded. Sagama said the ripple effects of Biden's executive order are vast. Furthermore, the Biden ban puts at risk national parks and public lands funding less than a year after Congress passed the Great American Outdoors Act and directed $1.3 annually in oil and natural gas leasing and production revenue into conservation. The Land and Water Conservation Fund is likewise at risk as it depends on federal offshore oil and natural gas, she said.
By targeting the industry, the president is risking the $8.8 billion in conservation revenue streams that otherwise are available from a stable federal oil and natural gas program. The president just created a gap in conservation funding that he likely hasn't even considered, just as he hadn't considered the sacrifice of nearly 58,700 Western livelihoods every year this ban continues. A 2020 report from Timothy J. Considine, a professor of energy economics at the University of Wyoming, said Wyoming, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah, Montana, North Dakota, California and Alaska stand to suffer vast economic consequences from a moratorium. During the 2021 to 2025 period, the average annual losses in drilling investment under a lease moratorium are $2.625 billion and $2.311 billion in New Mexico and Wyoming, respectively, Considine wrote. The longer the moratorium lasts, the worse the damage becomes, according to Considine. Overall, the leasing moratorium reduces oil and gas investment in the study region by $34.1 billion cumulatively over the near term, 2021 to 2025, and these losses build over time, reaching $164.5 billion from 2036 to 2040, he wrote. Considine estimated that if the moratorium were to last five years, the total average annual value of oil and gas production lost under a moratorium on federal leases is $5.5 billion. The states in which drilling on federal land is an important part of the economy will suffer greatly, he said. Under the leasing moratorium, oil and tax revenues fall $1.6 billion per year during the first five years. The lost tax revenue in New Mexico alone is estimated to average $946 million per year, he wrote. Considine also pushed back against the notion that ending drilling on federal lands will have a positive global impact. Advocates of restricting oil and gas development on federal lands argue that greenhouse gas emissions would be reduced. This position is debatable because foreign nations such as Saudi Arabia or Russia could easily replace the lost production and probably with greater environmental impact than American oil producers, he wrote. Even if one assumes that there will be no supply response and emissions are reduced, the question becomes at what cost are these emission reductions achieved? And of course, we know this is all an absolute scam, this whole climate change bullshit, not based on any proper science whatsoever. But it's just, as I said earlier, it's just a means to control people. And then we have another Epoch Times article. This is from the 27th of January. Six state attorneys general warn Biden over potential presidential overreach. A coalition of state attorneys general on January 27th sent a letter to President Joe Biden reminding him that any potentially unconstitutional executive actions or federal overreach will not go unchallenged. The letter signed by six attorneys general puts the Biden administration on notice that any actions that might exceed their statutory authority are inconsistent with constitutional tenets or place civil liberties at risk could trigger legal action by the states. We stand ready to meet with your administration to discuss more how the issues below affect our states. Litigation is never first option and we would like to help your team in its important job on behalf of all Americans consistent with the Constitution and the rule of law. West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey, who is leading the group, wrote in the letter addressed to the White House. Yet if you sign unconstitutional laws passed by Congress, it will be our responsibility and duty to challenge those laws in court. If cabinet officials, executive officers and agencies go beyond the bounds of their statutory authority, fail to follow legally required procedures or fall short of the Bedrock Administrative Procedure Act obligation of reasoned decision-making, it will likewise be our responsibility to take action. 
The Administrative Procedure Act is a federal law that governs the process for agency rulemaking and has been frequently invoked to challenge executive branch rules and regulations. Morrissey is joined by attorneys general from Arkansas, Indiana, Mississippi, Montana and Texas. It comes as Biden issued a series of executive orders in his first week since taking office. Some of the orders have overturned Trump-era policies, while others have established or expanded policies relating to climate change, racial equity and the CCP virus pandemic. Some of the orders have already drawn widespread scrutiny, such as the decision to rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement, as well as the decision to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline, which is expected to put thousands of jobs at risk and undermine the US relationship with Canada. Uh, we've had reports from pipeline workers that have already been laid off and now are concerned about being able to meet their mortgage payments. Thank you, Mr. Biden. The Biden administration has also met with backlash for embracing a quasi-Marxist critical race theory in its policies seeking to prioritise certain racial groups that have historically met with disadvantage. Similarly, Biden's order addressing discrimination on the basis of gender identity and sexual orientation is expected to threaten the constitutional freedom to, ex to exercise one's religious beliefs for individuals and organisations who affirm the traditional understanding of people as created biologically male and female. The president cannot cut constitutional corners or shirk statutory strictures without inevitably doing more harm to our country than good, the Attorneys General wrote. The foundations of our republic and American life are embedded within our constitution's carefully crafted design. Accordingly, today, by this letter, we respectfully urge you, when pursuing your policy priorities, to honour the core constitutional tenets which should be appreciated and respected by every person entrusted with the honour and burdens of the presidency. The letter notes the freedom of religion and religious expression and the right to bear arms as two areas of concern. OK, I'm not going to read the rest of that because it is quite long and I want to move on to my next topic, which is the GameStop scenario. And this is a very interesting story because it's to do with Retail investors, in other words, you know, the man in the street, as it were, or woman, man or woman, who are investors and stock traders, have, through a Reddit subgroup, coordinated the purchase of GameStop stock to really attack the policies of hedge fund managers. Now, I'm not an expert on on Wall Street, on stock trading. It's an, it's a, an area of interest for me. Um, so I'm going to rely on the information given in the various articles that I've come across. However, I will say that I think this is part of the plan. And there is talk that um, other people, people are involved in this beyond the organiser in this uh, subgroup in Reddit. And what it's doing is it's really exposing the system. And what we're seeing is the um, elite traders, the professional traders, along with people in government and others are all closing ranks against the traders, the retail traders that have created this what you might call crisis. So I'm going to start with a, an article from Uncover DC, and this was published on the 29th, so yesterday. A, a remarkable shift is taking place in financial trading at the moment, indicating a potential transformation in the balance of power in US stock markets. The excitement revolves around GameStop and the powerful trading tool called Options, which can bet on and against financial securities and increase returns and losses. The video game chain, which has been devastated by the coronavirus, has struggled to stay afloat for years due to the online marketplace. Currently, Redditors, led by subreddit r slash Wall Street Bets, 
along with private investors and GameStop enthusiasts, have joined together to buy the video game retailer's surging stock, along with other random stocks such as BlackBerry, Nokia and AMC, and they have a lot to be happy about. In what is termed a short squeeze, many individual investors have become millionaires on paper as GameStop shares have skyrocketed more than $300 from $17.25 at the beginning of the new year. On the flip side, short sellers have lost over $19 billion in betting against GameStop as they wage war with Reddit traders. Uh, there's a tweet from Dave Portnoy, Portnoy, emergency press conference. Everybody on Wall Street who had a hand in today's crime needs to go to prison. Um, it's a video. I'm not going to play it. Um, the article continues. A closer look at the movement driving this incredible rally reveals something much greater than a mission to serve a struggling gaming retailer or sharp trading skills being put to good use. Instead, the driving force could be defined as a powerful populist uprising in the financial markets that is squarely political. To be clear, the same government that jumps to support Wall Street and Washington, D.C. is also brazenly defending the deep state swamp. Specifically, they are protecting the three main divisions of an emerging and self-serving oligarchy that strives to drastically alter our nation's political and economic landscape and steer it down a path that many believe will lead to irreparable and devastating consequences. The three divisions, corporate media, big tech stroke big business and establishment politicians are bearing their souls in broad daylight and we should all take notice. And a tweet from Robert Reich, the Wall Street formula, sell short, drive stocks down, kill small investors, then buy and enjoy uptick, liquidate, pay 15% capital gains tax, repeat. As Wall Street titans lose billions, big business wasted no time aligning with big brokerage firms to stop individual investors' ability to make transactions on certain securities, including GameStop. The popular trading app Robinhood, which has seen a surge in online trading during the pandemic as millions of inv individual investors are stuck at home, paused trading on Thursday barring investors from purchasing shares of GameStop and other companies. The move was immediately met with widespread outrage as Reddit investors announced on Twitter and to their 5.8 million message board followers that a hero had filed a class action lawsuit against Robin Hood. Elon Musk chimed in and called for an investigation into the trading platform. Late Thursday... Robin Hood reversed course with co-founder Vlad Tenev, announcing on Twitter, starting tomorrow we plan to allow limited buys of these securities. We'll continue to monitor the situation and make adjustments as needed. Now, why do they have the right to limit tra trading on these stocks? That's me interjecting there. Anyway, continuing. GameStop's stock price exploded once again Friday morning with pre-market trading surging to $389.50 well before 7am. Wall Street bets traders hoped to continue driving the company's share price higher as the forum talked it up as their golden goose. They urged each other to hold on to the stock through the market turbulence. There's then a, a video which is a Reddit user explaining short seller squeeze. Um, can't see the rest of the, um, the title, but you get the picture. Following right alongside big business on behalf of big tech is the server and talk channel platform Discord, who wasted no time suppressing the online speech of individual investors by banning the server of r slash Wall Street bets for allowing hate speech. The Reddit group found a new server shortly after the ban. Next, assisting the self-serving oligarchy is corporate legacy media, most notably CNBC boldly supporting the billion-dollar hedge funds instead of individual investors. 
Indeed, brokerages often lend investors money to make their trades and could be exposed to huge losses if many investors are suddenly wiped out and can't pay back the borrowed funds. In an interview Thursday on CNBC's Closing Bell, Interactive Brokers chairman and founder Thomas Peterfee outlined some of the concerns that prompted his brokerage to restrict trading, stating, if our customers are unable to pay for their losses, we have to put up our own money, he said, adding that Interactive Brokers doesn't have a problem as it has $9 billion in equity as a cushion, presumably from shorting companies like GameStop. Interestingly, CNBC stayed quiet when big brokerage firms' mission was to drive companies like GameStop to zero to turn a massive profit. And from what I understand, what this is to do with is that when these hedge funds um, put these short squeezes on these companies, what it's doing is it's putting out a signal that the value of the company is going to drop. So it's actually manipulating the market in terms of, you know, the people that are um, watching this are saying, you know, we've got to sell, we've got to sell. This brings the price down even further. So it really is, it's, it's nothing to do with the the success or failure directly of the company is to do with these um, trading platforms, these, you know, brokers and hedge fund managers um, taking action that is not just to do with their trading, it's to do with the status of the company. And this is why I honestly think that it's, it's, a strategy that's being used by the White Hats to expose, again, you know, the deep state and the manipulation of the markets. And also it's to put pressure or to even make these um, organisations, these broker brokerages and head fund managers, put them out of business. And also it can impact on banks that are loaning money to these uh, hedge funds to to carry out this operation so if the hedge fund cannot um cannot pay for the stocks that they have to buy okay let's just go back a second my understanding of this process is the hedge fund uh managers they borrow stocks from from people organizations that own these stocks and then they sell them at the current price and they're gambling in effect on the price of that stock reducing so that when they have to pay back on a certain date the stocks to the to the people that they borrowed them from if they're able to buy them back at a much lower price then they profit from the margin between the price that they they borrowed it at and the price that they bought it at if that makes sense so if they borrowed a stock and sold it for $15 and then the price dropped to $5 they buy the stock at $5 and so they can then give those stocks back to the uh, people they borrowed it from and they've made $10 profit. So that's the way it works. And what's happened is that they've gambled on those stocks reducing in price when this activity by the, um, the Reddit group, you know, all these um, individual investors have pushed the price up. So if you think that, you know, there were, this hedge fund was gambling on the price dropping to say five dollars and suddenly it skyrocketed to a hundred dollars and they have to buy that stock by a given date to pay back the stock to the people they borrowed it from if they bought it at fifteen dollars and they're having to buy it at a hundred dollars then they're losing $85 on every single stock that they bought. So I hope that explains what this is all about. And um, this is why they they can lose huge amounts of money. And the thing is, 
when they then go to buy the stock to pay it back because there's a surge in buyers that in itself pushes the price higher and this is why what these people have done these retail investors have done is really got these hedge fund managers over a barrel it's a bit like you know <laughs> your uh it's a taste of your own medicine in terms of the way that they you know the big players manipulate the market they're now being held to account by the little guys manipulating the market but you know in a completely legal way so the article continues lastly and arguably most concerning in this scenario is big government's establishment politicians their role in protecting and often quietly promoting the self-serving oligarchy agenda is an issue that demands our attention big business has paid newly appointed biden treasury secretary janet yellen 7.2 million dollars over just the last two years which raises the question of whether she is taking the side of Wall Street titans over the side of the regular investor. And it's got a tweet from Jack Pozobiec, um, exclusive Biden Treasury Secretary Yellen paid by Chinese Communist Party-linked group. Um, and I think she was actually, she had speaking engagements as well, paying her huge amounts of money. It remains to be seen whether the efforts of the self-serving oligarchy to silence the collective strength of individual investors taking a stand against Wall Street billionaire investors, as well as corporate media, big tech, big business and establishment politicians, will ultimately be successful or if we will witness a true disruption of the financial system. Either way, we should all be paying attention. And of course... You know, the big guys don't like this. They don't like the little guys getting one over on them. So they're now talking about an SEC investigation, about, you know, introducing regulations that stops this happening in the future. And then we have um, yesterday, I think it was. No, it's actually published today. Robin Hood caps maximum holdings in 36 stocks to just one share. And this is a zero hedge article. Um, something bad is about to go down at Robin Hood. One day after the company drew down on its bank lines and obtained a $1 billion rescue capital investment, the company found itself in lockdown mode, allowing just a handful of shares to be bought at a time, effectively shutting down in all but name. It couldn't risk another day of furious public outcry and massive client departures if it blocked trading completely. However, just before the close, things got downright surreal when in a blog post, the broker, which should probably change its name from Robin Hood to Suit, made a shocking announcement. Going forward, customers will be subject to maximum aggregate limits in 51 securities, of which 14 are capped at position limits of just five shares, while allowing total holdings in 36 securities to be just one share. In other words, as of this moment, no client is allowed to own more than one share in games like GME, and that is um, GameSpot, I believe, AMC, AG, BBBY, BYND, WKHS and many others. Even boring, low-volume names like GM and SBUX are limited to just one share. This is what the blog post said. The table below shows the maximum number of shares and options contracts to which you can increase your positions. Please note that these are aggregate limits for each security and not per order limits and include shares and options contracts that you already hold. These limits may be subject to change. And it's got a great long list of what these limits now are. I don't have time to read the rest of the article, but it sums it up in one line. In other words, virtually nobody can buy any new securities. So Robin Hood are really shooting themselves in the foot because people are going to be leaving in droves. They're not going to tolerate this kind of limits on on their trading. I mean, it's to me, that is criminal, not what was done by the, the Reddit guys at all. However... Republicans are hitting back. Ken Paxton, again, the Attorney General of Texas, really like this guy, um, 
he issues CIDs to Robin Hood, Discord, Citadel and others that suspended stock trading and investing. And this was released yesterday, the 29th. Attorney General Ken Paxton today issued 13 civil investigative demands to Discord, Robin, Robin Hood Financial, Robin Hood Markets, Robin Hood Securities, Interactive Brokers, TD Ameritrade, TD Bank, E-Trade, Webull Financial, Public Holdings, M1 Holdings, Citadel Financial and Apex Clearing Corporation regarding the prohibition of certain stock purchases requiring higher margin reserves for trading certain companies and suspending chat platform activity. In addition to public statements and internal documents, the CIDs request copies of all terms of service, policies related to content control and moderation, and communications between platforms and moderators of chat servers, including decisions to limit, control or prevent access to the Discord r slash Wall Street Bet server. Wall Street corporations cannot limit public access to the free market, nor should they censor discussions surrounding it, particularly for their own benefit. This apparent coordination between hedge funds, trading platforms and web servers to shut down threats to their market dominance is shockingly unprecedented and wrong. It stinks of corruption, said Attorney General Paxton. I'm hopeful that these companies will step up and cooperate with these CIDs in order to clear any confusion over why stock purchases were forcibly closed and why even conversation around these stocks was silenced. Following the GameStop stock surge, the companies receiving CIDs took extraordinary and unusual steps to limit access to the market, including forcibly closing off access to American citizens attempting to make trades and investments. So this is just, it, to me, it smacks of the same kind of um, steps that big tech is using to, to censor people who are you know not supporting the democrat line the deep state line i should say it's not just the democrats as i say the deep state strategy and i i honestly believe that this is another optics exercise that this is being done to really expose to the person in the street how corrupt the whole system is and it, it goes across the board the last thing I want to mention is something I've said about, talked about in previous shows, and that is this um, 10 Days of Darkness, which was in many of Q's posts. And there's been a lot of speculation as to, you know, what that really means and also when it is going to happen. And, you know, I've talked about how this whole thing with Biden seems to be like a movie playing out. Sometimes it's a suspense thriller and the other time it's another time it's a comedy. And as I said earlier, you know, we've got these scenes of, of Biden um, stepping off a plane that obviously isn't Air Force One. We've got him sitting at his desk in some office that's made to look like it's an official White House office, just signing executive orders but the other thing that people have talked about is that the White House has been dark. Uh, in other words, not lit up at night. And the speculation is that we're in the 10 days of darkness, which is kind of symbolised by the White House not being lit up, but also uh, representing the days of darkness when we think or the impression is given that Biden has won and that Trump has lost. And I don't believe that's happening at all. I believe that the the military is in control. I believe more optics are coming out like the GameStop scenario. I believe that things are going to pan out the way we all hope it will. And the 10 days of darkness, we're, we're on the 10th day today. So this is the last of the, the days of darkness, 10 days where the White House has been dark for 10 days. And on February 1st, we have Freedom Day. So I think this is very symbolic of what is really going on. It's 
you know, a lot of the Trump supporters, the Patriots, are rather discouraged about all of this. They haven't seen the arrest. They haven't seen, you know, Biden basically removed from office. But we need to keep the faith because I really believe that there are definite signs that this is going to be resolved soon. Well, I hope I'm right. Anyway, that's all I have time for today. I hope you've enjoyed the the show. Um, you can find me at the successalchemist.net and the webalchemist.net. I do hope you'll join me for another show next week. Goodness knows what I'll be reporting on then. And um, I'd like to thank Nancy for producing as always. So keep safe, stay well, keep the faith and hope to see you next week. Bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper. 